Adjunct Students of the BM Podcast. The podcast where we will embark on a journey to be one with Christ in our everyday lives as human beings. I am your host, Samantha P. Laguerre, and welcome back to another episode. The wheels on the bus go round and round. The love of Jesus all around. Search party over souls been found. Paid my ransom, no more bound. Kingdom citizens, welcome back to another episode. I hope you are all well. So I'm going to always come on here. Well, I can't say always. I don't do this always. It's not a habit of mine. However, once in a while I come on here and I do encourage you to leave a review on the podcast. If you have not yet done so, I also encouraged last episode, if you would like to engage in dialogue with me about the episodes, I encourage you to go on the YouTube channel and comment under the episode and let's have a conversation. I... I'm trying to think if I have anything new to share. Well, for one, I did want to mention just because I saw a video come up and it was talking about like gut health. And I just wanted to share like a quick testimony about that for me. So I believe it was earlier this year. Yeah, it was in the beginning of this year where I noticed that I constantly have migraines. Like I've always have headaches. And they were so frequent that I just tolerated it, right? Like, I, I'm i not one. I'm not a person who goes and looks for ibuprofen or anytime I feel some sort of pain, I grab a pill. I've just been that girl who just toughens it up. So I don't look to, you know, alleviate the pain unless it's something, like, very crucial and I have to get through something and it's causing me not to get through it or not to be able to do it. Then that's when I, you know, get the appropriate medication or whatever to alleviate that for me but generally speaking I'm not person to grab for medication I just that's just not how I that's not how I roll so anyways I see all that to say I just lived with my headache I live with my migraine until I literally told God God this is like I just always have a headache and it's starting to become a little it's, it's actually becoming annoying because there are some times where I just feel like I just need to lay down or times where I'm just like Why is my head hurting? So anyways, I was on a Bible study call and they were asking for prayer requests. And I was just like, let me just be honest with these girls and ask for prayer. And so I just told them, you know, I'm just praying for, I have a headache, I have a migraine. So they prayed for me. And I remember waking up the next morning and literally I heard like gut health. And so I looked it up, gut, like what is gut health? Like, I feel like it's been in the spirit for me, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I can sense things in the spirit. And so that's just kind of been there. But it was that morning when I actually like woke up and it was like gut health. So I looked it up and I was looking up about gut health and probiotics and prebiotics. And I was like, okay, looking up, like, can this stuff like cause you headaches and the lack of the probiotics and prebiotics. And it was saying, yeah. So that I remember, I think I called my mom and I was telling her like, should I take like something to clean my system out. So I went to the store, I got me a probiotic and a prebiotic because they say prebiotic is what feeds the healthy bacteria in your gut. So anyways, I get these things and I start to implement it daily in my life. And when I tell you it literally has changed my life, 
So a little backstory, not only did I have constant headaches, but I'm going to, it's going to be a little TMI, but hey, health is health. And I want us all to be great. So this is why I'm sharing. But I did not have regular bowel movements. I think I could go like a week or two, maybe a week and a half without going. Like it got to a point where I genuinely cannot tell you when the last time I went. And that was regular for me. I remember I would tell people that I was not a a daily bowel movement girl. And people would say, oh yeah, that's fine. That's normal. Like you don't have to go every day. And so I took it as, you know, it's fine. It's normal. Like it's not an issue that other people go every day and I don't move my bowel that much. So this is the backstory. So I started, you know, implementing probiotics, prebiotics, kombuchas. I believe I started kombuchas last year actually, but I wasn't getting the prebiotic because the kombuchas give me probiotics. I wasn't getting prebiotics, which was like the crucial thing for my whole gut health. So I started implementing the prebiotic probiotic and literally a whole 180. Like I have regular bowel movements now and I don't have those constant headaches anymore. And with that, I started to learn so much about gut health And I encourage you to do your research about gut health. If you do not even know what prebiotic, probiotic is, you're like, Samantha, what are you talking about? I encourage you to look it up. If you suffer with bloatiness, inflammation in the the gut, in your stomach, like you find that you're always bloated, you feel bloated, you feel icky, yuck, please look into gut health. Not only that, I understood that with your gut health, it's almost like your second brain. So if you find that you have foggy brain, you have foggy memory, maybe you're always tired, you can't seem to pay attention or you feel like you have attention deficit or something like that where it's like you can't really pay attention then I would really advise you look into your gut health. There are a lot of foods that the average person consumes that literally goes against the the gut system, if that makes sense. So it literally inflames the gut It's and then causes the guts to be leaky. But I'm saying all this these terms and you probably don't understand what I'm talking about. So again, I encourage you to do your due diligence and Go on YouTube. There's a doctor that really explained this for me well, which was Dr. Bobby Price on YouTube. Um, He has a page on Instagram. But I just started like consuming a lot of information about the gut health and how I regard food these days is totally different. I avoid foods that would cause me inflammation. Like that's not normal, right? Like a lot of people experience bloating And now we can deem it to be normal in a sense, but it shouldn't be our norm, right? Like, although it is common, it should not be our norm. And so I just wanted to share that because I just recently saw a video about it. And I'm like, listen, I need to share with the kingdom citizens about this because I don't want you guys struggling. Like, we not only are, do we need to be excellent in regards to our spirituality, in regards to our walk and being one with Christ, but we need to make sure that we are taking care of our bodies, right? Like we need to be working out. Yes, yes, you do. You need to be moving your body, right? Like you need to be preserving your bones, your muscles and things like that. You need to be eating healthy. Your foods, your days, your meals should not be majority of the time fast food or junk food like if I were to examine 
your day and what you consume that day it need not to be stuff that was not nutritional like there must be nutritional value in your meals there should be meals and you should be able to say oh yeah I ate this 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 yesterday and again I can say I was not eating right I didn't eat too much of the bad stuff but I also wasn't eating enough of the good stuff if that makes sense and so I totally switched that this year and that was literally my focus this year or that was one of my goals that I put on my vision board was to be more intentional about my nutrition and what I consumed like last year I started you know working out consistently and I got that down pack and this year was all about nutrition for me so I'm grateful that God has been helping me on that journey and helping me to implement the right things. I remember not too long ago, God was just like, I need to consume light. And I was working out and I was like, light? And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, you literally call me light. I am a child of light. And so with light, when I heard it, it just means like you need to be consuming things that are healthy for your body consuming things that your body actually needs right like we're not supposed to just be filling our bodies with a bunch of chemicals that our bodies don't know what to do with and so it goes in all different areas like it's like trying to reject it and it's just causing a lot of sicknesses diseases skin issues gut issues for us which is unnecessary, right? Like when you're having all of these issues with your health, you're not in the best position to do what God needs you to do on this earth, if that makes sense, right? And so I'm not blaming you if you're you're going through anything currently, but just to keep in mind, I remember I shared with my family and friends, like I decided to live a life where I don't want to get to a certain age and I have a doctor telling me I need to be on a certain diet. Like, maybe it's my proactiveness or my, I don't like people telling me what to do-ness, but I'm like, I don't want nobody telling me what I have to eat or what I have to do. Like, I want to be proactive. I want to do it now. So I live in such a way that somebody gave me a diagnosis that I have high blood pressure. Like, nobody did, right? But the way I eat and what I consume and what I don't consume, you would think that somebody gave me that sort of diagnosis because typically we don't see people eat like this. And you obviously you guys don't know how I eat, but you don't typically see people eat healthy unless they've been given a diagnosis or been given instructions that they have to eat this way in order to avoid death or some sort of sickness that's on the horizon, right? God wants us to be excellent. And, well, he wants me to be excellent because I'm going to talk about my personal relationship with him. But I know it's not just for me. It's for us as the body, right? And obviously it's in the Bible. So if we all read in the same Bible, then we all should get the same message from God, which is that we should, you know, be vigilant and we should be mindful about our temple. And so I just wanted to share that because maybe you're experiencing some of the symptoms that I've listed Or maybe you didn't know this and now you have something to go and look into. And if you're anything like me that loves to do research, then I know you're going to have fun with all of the information that you're going to learn about it. Honestly, I feel like gut health should be talked about in schools. Like we should have learned this from when we were in elementary school. I feel like maybe they tried to, but the way I learned it and the way I understand gut health to be, it is very important. And it is something that 
everyone should know about and whether or not you want to eat foods that are consistent with the way our body was created at least let that be your prerogative at least you have the information and whether you want to do better with that information is up to you and it's at no fault of anyone else's you know what I mean like I rather know the information and I make my decision and whatever results I get I know that's on me and not anybody else because nobody told me so that's why I'm sharing with you but today's episode let's get right into it is titled True Faith. And I've mentioned in the episode prior how a lot of times we claim faith and we claim, you know, I have faith, I have faith. And sometimes we feel, we can feel a little insulted and can find it offensive if we feel as though someone might be insinuating that we have a lack of faith. I want us to understand that unbelief right, which could be a lack of faith, is evidenced by disobedience. And sometimes it can be very clear when someone is being disobedient, right? And we know this from just reading God's word. There are things that we know for sure that we are not to do and that we are to obey. And when we see someone not doing that thing, we can see that they're being disobedient, right? Now, granted, I don't know all that you know. I don't know what you've read in the Bible, right? We can only assume that what I know, you know, and vice versa. But the reality of it is if you don't tell me that you know something, I really can't hold you to what I know, if that makes sense. Like, I have to tell you, for example, the whole gut health thing. Now that I share that with you, now I know you know, right? And so if I see you being disobedient to whatever information you've been given, then I can judge you, right, based off of what I know you know here. So unbelief is evidenced by disobedience, There are things that we can see when somebody is disobeying God, right? We just know it because it's like, listen, we all done heard it or we all saw it in the word of God or this is just the basics and you're disobeying. And I don't think, I don't believe that it's as conscious of disobeying as we think that it is. And I'm trying to be careful with my words and how I word it because I want to make sure that I'm communicating this properly. But what I mean is that here's an example that I'll share. And this is what I'm trying to get at. Just because you disobeyed, I don't think that your disobedience is literally because you're like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to obey this person. Right. I don't think that it comes from this place sometimes I can't speak for all the times because some people are like yeah no you said this but I'm gonna go against you right but other times it's not that the person wants to go against you but yet they still disobey and I want to highlight that a little bit why do you disobey right like because maybe you're like Samantha it's not that I don't want to obey God I don't know why I keep disobeying I don't know why I keep going against him I'm not choosing to do it but yet I'm choosing it at the same time I want to talk to this person because again unbelief is evidenced by disobedience so it goes to your faith it goes to your belief and 
how you believe this person to be or how you believe God to be. And here's the real life example that I have. I remember when I was younger and my mom was getting ready to do my hair. And I remember she asked me to go grab her some scissors. Now, when I was a little girl, I took a lot of pride in my hair. I took a lot of pride in my length of my hair, the thickness of my hair. I did not play that. So she's getting ready to do my hair and now she's asking me for scissors. My mind, it it automatically went to, this lady is going to cut my hair. She is crazy. So instead of going to get the scissors like she requested that I did, that I grab, I instead went to the restroom. I went to the bathroom and I stood in the bathroom and I remember like literally like just pacing in that bathroom trying to figure out what I should do. How do I escape this house? Like (laughs) I need to get out of here because she is crazy. I probably even prayed to God. I'm sure I did because I just had that relationship with him at that point where I would literally just be like, God, what? Like tell my mom not to cut my hair, you know? So I remember being in the bathroom. I remember my mom calling out my name and I'm giving excuses. Oh yeah, I'm using the bathroom. I'm using the bathroom. And I knew I was in there for some time because I was trying to figure out how do I get out of the situation? She's crazy. So I finally get out because I don't hear her calling my name for some time. I hear them laughing. So I'm like, okay, So I get out. Maybe she's changed her mind. She won't cut my hair anymore. I get out. I see that she started doing my sister's hair. And when I asked her, oh, where did you say the scissors was again? Right? Trying to, like, make it seem like I wanted to get it to her, but I really didn't want to. But, you know, you can't blatantly, you know, bluntly uh, disobey your, your parent, right? I wasn't that child. But then she was like, oh, no, somebody already got it for me. So... What it was is that she needed the scissors because what she was going to do was put braiding hair in my hair and braid my hair with weave. We've never done that before, right? My mom has never braided my hair with weave. I also didn't know that scissors was a part of that process. She needed to cut the hair out of the the pack. I didn't know any of that. We've never done that before, right? But... And so she was doing my sister's hair and she was like, yeah, I'm not doing your hair anymore. You took too long, whatever, whatever, which I was very disappointed about because I'm the older sister. How is my younger sister, mind you, getting weave in her hair before I get weave in my hair? You know, so I was disappointed about that. But moral of the story is that I did not believe that my mom was going to take care of me and my hair the way I expected her to when she asked me to grab scissors. I concluded because of her request that what she was going to do was going to harm me and not benefit me, right? I didn't know anything about braiding hair. I didn't know any of her plans, but I made a conclusion and I didn't believe that she had my best interest. And with that in mind, I disobeyed right? She asked for scissors and I didn't go get the scissors. I went and did my own thing. So now, you know, my mom asked for scissors. I'm grabbing them scissors. Now I know she has my best interest. She's not crazy. And so this is sometimes what I see when I hear people, when I witness people, when I observe people and their relationship with God, right? That sometimes they disobey 
not because they genuinely want to disobey, but because they are confused. They don't understand what's to come, that he has our best interest in mind when he asks us to do certain things or tells us not to do certain things, right? And so and until you have that trust in him and you believe him to be a man that shall not lie, so in Jeremiah when he says that I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, and you truly believe that, it will not be hard to obey, right? And so being that I had that experience with my mother, it wasn't difficult to obey her again in that similar setting. Now, granted, you know, it's a journey. So there were other things that I was disobedient about. But again, I had to learn that my mom was on my side. My mom was my mom. She was going to care for me. She wasn't going to put me in no harm's way. So even though my little mind, right, couldn't grasp what she was doing or understand her plans, it wasn't to harm me. She never had it in mind to harm me. God, one who does not fail, one who is not human, one who has no fault, like he is he he is God, right? I I can't I can't even describe him as a person because he's not that. He will never fail us. So when he asks you to do something or tells you to do something, right? It's for our good. So, again, unbelief is evidenced by disobedience. If you are disobeying him, it's because you don't believe him right there's some unbelief and if that's the case for you that is something to again go to god about god i'm disobeying you in this area i realize i'm doing it i don't want to do it but there's something here that i'm not understanding it must be i don't understand your plan here please help me to believe that is a genuine prayer Help me to believe you. Help me to believe you in this situation. Help me to believe your word about this so that I may obey you. But I want to move on because not only is unbelief evidenced by disobedience, but when you are in disobedience, you have to understand that you won't find rest there. So a lot of us may be in a situation or in a season right now in our lives where we don't feel like we're at rest, right? Samantha came on here um, last week, maybe a few weeks ago, and said, people say this stuff is hard. It's not that hard. And you're probably listening. You were like, Samantha, what do you mean it is hard? Like, girl, what? Like, why do you sound like life isn't life in? There's a whole thing about that whole thing. I don't know where people got that. Where do we get that from? What is life is life in? Like, I just feel like I've been hearing that as an excuse these days. And I'm like, hasn't life always it's just life right like it's always been that why all of a sudden am I hearing it so much more often as an excuse to doing the basic things and please excuse my rant and my vent little session right there but if that is what you use and what you say you know god bless you but no no genuinely though I do want us to pay attention to what we say and where these terms and these phrases come from because I've also fallen victim to such things, right? Because we will hear culture, we will hear, I don't know who makes these phrases up or who says these things and we hear it and it's on social media and it's relevant on social media and we just start picking up these languages. We start picking up these phrases, we start picking up these ideas and now I've realized for me, it's like when I start hearing everybody start saying the same things, I'm like, where do we get this from? And if I start saying it, I'm like, where did I get this from? 
What does that even mean? I start questioning the question. What does that even mean? Why am I questioning this thing? Why am I saying this thing? Why is it coming out of me automatic as though I created this phrase myself? I didn't. Someone did. And what does it mean? And of course, I'm sure I will give justifications about it. Samantha, you know what it means. It means life is life. And you know, it just life is going life. But also, I am a firm believer that I am not a victim to life. And so life is life, it almost sounds like life is beating me up, life is going to do what life want to do, and it places you in a position of victimhood, right? And I don't believe that we are to be victims of life, no. Life is not going to do us, we're going to do life, period, right? And so I challenge you If that is something that you have been saying, if that is something that you have been regarding life and your situations as, I just caution you to pay attention to what you're saying and pay attention to what you're declaring and coming into agreement with. I will say that, okay? And if you can say with a clear mind and you're like, Samantha, you're crazy, you're you're too deep, (laughs) then, you know, by all means. But again, I'd rather you know the information I rather I give you the the questions and the points to to you know ask and what you do with that information that is on you. We are all responsible for our actions. We're all responsible for our decisions. So I cannot tell you what to do. I cannot tell you what to say. It is up to you to decide. But I just want to say that please do not be a victim to life. I will encourage that. Do please do not be a victim to this life. You are to do life. Life is not supposed to do you. Okay. Now. Going back to the absence of rest when you are in disobedience, there is no rest there. And even when, and I'm talking about myself, even when I don't know that I'm being like disobedient to God, because you know those times where it's like, well, I don't know if this is me or this is God. I don't know if this is me or this is God. Like, I don't know if God is telling me this or I'm telling myself this, right? And I've been there many times. I remember, it was so funny, I remember I was debating, I should continue to talk to this person during this time of my life, and I was literally pacing back and forth in a room, Um, it was a hotel room, and my friend was in there, and oh my god, I feel so bad for her, because literally she got to see me in a whole different light, and it wasn't nothing negative, but it was just almost my, like, thought process, it was me, like, literally praying, and me getting God to, because I'm so big on God. I need to hear you. I need to know what you're saying. I need to know if this is you speaking or this is myself. Like, please help me to discern the two, right? And so I'm like going back and forth in the hotel room. She's just watching me. I'm like, okay, but do I stop talking to this person? If I stop talking to this person, then this, this, this. But then if I do, but I feel like you're telling me this, like I'm talking this stuff out loud. And it's so funny. I finally come to my decision. I make my decision and I find peace with the decision. And so I I've been learning how God deals with me and how I can hear him and know when it is him that is speaking to me or have told me something to do. And I didn't believe that it was him. And when I don't do what I thought maybe he was saying to do, but I also thought it was me saying it. And sometimes we don't trust ourselves. So we don't really do what we think. We think ourselves is telling us to do, right? I find that I don't have rest and I know when I don't have rest because I feel as though in my life I, I'm positioned in a place where I almost always have rest. So I notice quickly now when I'm no longer in that place of rest. Like things start 
you know, it just, things are just not going the way it's supposed to. Like, I, my body doesn't feel at ease the way it's been. And so I'm like, okay, something is off. There's a decision I need to make. I'm in this thing and, and I shouldn't be here. Like, I feel off. I no longer feel at rest. And so now I'm more aware of that. I'm more aware of God's presence. I'm more aware of when I am in rest and when I'm not in rest. And when you don't feel at rest, it may be because you're in disobedience. And so now you have something again to bring to God and say, God, I don't feel at rest. I don't feel your peace. And if this is something you have never experienced, like you don't even know, you're like, Smith, I don't even know if I'm at, I'm at rest. I don't know if this is peace. I don't know what this is. Like I just always like, been anxious I've always just not been at rest then maybe you've been in disobedience this whole time again maybe strong maybe it could be other things this episode though is just a matter of about faith and obedience I feel like I'm working backwards but I hope you know so far it's making sense right but that is why we are told to have faith and believe because God wants us at a place in him in rest Now, I want us to understand because it's going back to in order to even obey, you have to have faith, right? Because if you don't have faith, you're not going to obey. If you don't believe, you won't obey. Now, we have to understand where faith comes from. And I remember I did an episode a few years ago talking about faith is not. And I mentioned recently about faith and how we don't really know what that means or we don't really understand what we're talking about. And so I was saying how faith is not something you just come up in your head and say, I'm going to just do this thing. And you you just think of the most craziest thing to do and you just do it and say, yeah, I'm going to walk out on faith or that's not faith, right? It literally says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that goes to show that faith comes when you hear God. So even in conversations that I've had with people and they're like, well, I don't know, maybe they're, maybe this is their faith. Maybe, you know, they're exercising their faith. I'm like, sure. Yeah. If God told them it, then yeah, it is faith. Right. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right. But just because you heard God say it, and that is how you get faith doesn't mean that you'll necessarily obey him. Right. Because you can hear God and I've heard God, but didn't realize it was God that I was hearing. Right. So I had those. Is this God? Is this me? Is this God? And so just because I heard it and it was supposed to give me faith, I it didn't give me the faith to obey. But I wrote down I have some notes because I was in Hebrews four for context. And after I read that chapter, these are some of the notes that I wrote down. I wrote down, even thinking about how faith comes by hearing God, faith fuels obedience. It comes by hearing God. And so I don't know if fueling is the right word, but it's almost like, and I wish I could, I wish you guys can see me in person so that I could actually, I guess, animate this for you all. But it's like you hear God and it gives you the faith that fuels for you to obey, right? But if you hear God and you have a hardened heart, that hardened heart almost stops you from actually obeying him, although you heard him 
And it keeps you disobedient. Because if you don't obey, then what's the opposite of obey? Disobedience, right? Even if you delay it, it's still disobedience because you're not doing what he told you to do right now. And so what we really need to get to is our hardened hearts. Because truly, faith without works is dead, right? Faith without works is dead. And let's dissect that a little bit. If there is no works, then they're saying there is no faith. It's simple as that. So if you say you have faith, but there is no obedience, there is no work, then you have a dead faith. That's why I titled this episode, True Faith. I should call it a live faith, <laughs> a live, live faith. Like, uh, yeah, live faith, but true faith, right? Because dead faith is one that has no actions. There is no obedience. So it is dead. Right? And so how do we get true faith? How do we make our faith true? How do we obey so that our obedience can speak to the faith that we actually have in God? We cannot have in heart and heart. Because that is what is going to be. We'll keep ourselves in disobedience and at a place that we cannot find rest if we have a hardened heart towards God, right? The scripture in Hebrews 4 talks about, is I think it says, today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. And that is God speaking. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Again, from Hebrews 4. And I was like, God, wow, man. So having a hardened heart keeps us from truly obeying you and truly having faith having faith that is not dead right so now we have to really ask ourselves what hardens our hearts and what hardens our heart is religion religion what religion does it can create certain ideologies and even idols we have an idea about god and we've with this idea we've created an idol of him that is not him and so if we hear god actually speaking to us But what he is saying goes against our idea of him and the idol that we've made of him. Then we reject what he is saying and we don't obey. Our heart is hardened, right? We have certain cultures. We have certain rituals. We have certain routines. And if God is saying something that goes against our rituals and our routines, Our heart is hardened, so we won't obey and we have no faith. Our hearts are hardened when we deny the power within us. It says, what what is it? I'm trying to remember what the, the scripture says, but it's like they have a form of godliness, but deny the power they're in. Meaning that you look godly, right? You're doing godly things. You're doing things that would be deemed godly, but yet you have not identified yourself as one who is godly. You have not embodied or you have not uh, truly identified as one who is godly. You just do godly things. And that is why I have a t-shirt that says, kingdom citizens, I don't do church. I am the church. This is not something that I do right it's not just something that i do for one let's let's you know correct that it's not just something that i do but it is who i am so i'm not one who just goes to church on sunday and wednesday right and i just do godly things 
but yet outside of the church, outside of that context, I don't embody the values and the the love and the the fruits of the spirit. No, I am the church. I have identified myself as that. I am a child of God. I don't just do things a child of God does. I have identified myself as such, right? When you have a form of godliness, it means you're just doing things that it looks like you're godly, but yet you have not identified as it. And so it's not really true, right? On a bad day, you're ready to cut somebody out. But wait, I thought you were godly though, but what happened? And I'm not saying you might not have your bad days. What I'm saying is that a lot of us have not identified as one who is truly a child of God, one who is the church, is not just a building. It's not a building, first of all. It is the people. We make up the church. We are the church. You as an individual is the church. We come together and we are a body, right? But you are the church. And because we have not identified as one who is that, it is easy for on an off day when we don't put on the right clothing, when we don't put on the right attitude to be someone who's not godly anymore. It's like, well, what happened to you? And that's where you get the hypocrites, right? Truly a hypocrite is somebody who plays something that they're really not that's really what it is like it's like you go dress up to be a doctor but you're not a doctor you gonna get found out you might even tell on yourself because we're gonna hear it in your language you're just playing dress up but this is not who you are and so a lot of us are playing dress up having the form of godliness but not identifying as one who is godly If you cannot say out of your mouth with conviction that I am righteous, that I am perfect, that I am godly, that I am a child of God, like it bothers you to say that because truly inside you want to say I'm a sinner because that sounds more realistic. That makes you feel more comfortable than actually saying that you are righteous. You have a form of godliness, but deny the power therein. Because it says the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that lives in you. The same power that was in Christ, that was in Jesus, that allowed him to love people, that allowed him to heal, that allowed him to to live in this world and not sin is the same power that is within you. But if you can't identify yourself as a righteous person and feel comfortable doing so, but yet it is easy for you to call yourself a sinner then you have denied the power therein. And you have a hardened heart. So when God tells you to go forgive this person, God tells you to let this thing go, you have a hardened heart. You're like, I can't do that. I'm not Jesus. You have a hardened heart and you can't obey. We have an idea of God that is separate from us that make us have a hardened heart because we see God as separate from us. There is us... There is, for example, Samantha, and then there is God. God is at a distance. God is somewhere in the universe, somewhere, I don't know, hiding somewhere from us or looking down on us and judging us. He is separate from me. He is outside of me. And that creates a hardened heart. You have a hardened heart towards him. It'll be difficult to obey. He is not separate from us. He is in us. We are one with him. If we cannot grasp that idea, if we cannot make 
amends with that, then we will have a hardened heart. So when God is speaking through our bodies, he is trying to, you know, ask us to do certain things or, or we feel some sort of emotion and we don't understand what this emotion is coming from, but it is God trying to communicate to us and we don't see it as that, we have a hardened heart towards him and we will not be able to obey. That means we will have dead faith, meaning no faith because Dead faith is no faith, really, right? So you have no faith. Big things we want to see in our lives, the exceedingly and abundantly, that can't happen if you have no faith. So we have to correct this hardened heart. We have to correct it. We have to know what we're asking God for. We have to know what we're praying about. So that way we can truly, truly hear God. It says, today hear my voice and do not harden your hearts. It's a choice. Now, my prayers have been lately is like, God, if I have a hardened heart in the situation, if you are speaking to me about the situation, but my heart is hardened because I've already set my mind about how I think you'll respond or how I think you want me to be in the situation, but I'm not letting you in and I'm not hearing you completely or I'm hearing you, but I'm not moved to actually obey because something is blocking me. Something is stopping me. Soften my heart because I truly want to obey and I want to have true faith. And I'll give this example, testimony really. I really want us to have true faith. I remember it was in 2018 and I was just getting ready to graduate. And I had my a major in biomedical sciences. That was my degree. And I remember I was laying on my bed. I was not laying. I was sitting on my bed. I think I was doing some work. And I remember hearing law school. And I was like, what? And this is the time when I was like being more aware of God's presence and being more aware of his voice and how he speaks to me because he's always been talking to me. He's always talking to you, but it's a matter of actually perceiving him. It's a matter of quieting everything else and not thinking that you're tripping because you're like, I feel like this is God, but it could be myself. Majority of the time, it's really God. When we say it, it's really God. And so I remember I was just like, okay. So I looked up you know, law school and I'm like, I remember thinking for one, I almost rejected it because I was like, oh no, I'm not about to go back to undergrad. I'm not about to go back to school and do more work to go to law school. So I look it up and I find that my degree would suffice. Like I wouldn't have to go back and do more undergrad work. So I was like, oh great, right? And it's funny because I wonder if I did, would I have obeyed? But that's, it's it's okay. We're not gonna do the ifs, whens, and buts, and what if I did, it's fine. We're here now, okay? But I remember that and I remember, okay, and I was studying for finals and I remember I told my friends, the, the people I was studying with, y'all, I'm going to law school, yada, yada, yada. So now I'm excited about this because it's something that I've always dreamt of as a little girl to be a lawyer, but I, you know, deviated from that path um, at some point in my life, which is, you know, a whole story in itself. And I remember studying for the LSAT, took the exam, things like that, getting ready to apply to, to law schools. And I promise you that same voice I heard that said law school was the same voice I heard that said do not apply to law school. Now, at the time, if I had someone to just talk this thing to, they would look at me and say, Samantha, you're crazy. You're going crazy. Like, you're, you've are you been too much in the Bible. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know which God you're talking to. You might be talking to the devil. I'm sure I probably would have been 
consulted in that way. Like people will probably try to advise me that I was crazy and maybe Satan was talking to me. But I chose to obey. Now, but here's the thing that allowed me and made me able to obey. And the reason why my heart was not hardened, although at one point it was hardened. But here's what made my heart not harden to the voice of God and allowed me to obey him when he spoke in order to have faith, to have true faith. I remember God gave me a revelation, really, but he gave me a word prior to him telling me not to apply to law school. And this was like like months before, right? It's not even, it wasn't even the same timeline, the same week. It was like months before. And that was the episode that says, trusting the process, question mark. And I remember God told me, he said, do not put your trust in the process. Put your trust in me who takes you through a process because processes change, but I do not change. That was the word that God gave me. And I was like, okay. And I recorded that podcast episode and everything. So now here is the God that told me not to put my trust in a process, but to put my trust in him who does not change. Now I'm presented with an opportunity. Will I obey or will I disobey? And yes, of course, when I heard do not apply to law school and when I was feeling that in the spirit that I wasn't supposed to apply before I heard it, do not apply, I remember the first time I, I got that inkling that that was happening, I was like, I rebuke you, Satan, I started to pray, right? Like, oh, no, you know, that would be of God. God told me I'm going to law school. I rebuke this, da, 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 da. It came again. And then it came again, do not apply to law school. My heart is softened now because, for one, I heard it one time. I heard it twice, and I hear it three times. My heart is softened because I remember God told me not to trust the process, but to trust him who does not change, who takes me through a process. With that in mind, because now I had a different, you know, idea of God. I I was learning this true God, not this idea of God that I made up in my mind, but this actual true God who speaks to me and who is present and who is involved with my daily life. I chose to obey. I heard his voice. I heard him. That was the faith. It was fueling for my obedience. My heart was not hardened. It was softened because of that word he gave me months ago. My heart was softened to the idea. I allowed him to penetrate. And that, if that makes sense, that faith that I heard him fueled for my obedience and I was able to obey and I did not apply. Now I'm in law school now and there's a whole story within all of that, but it goes to show how important it is for our hearts not to be hardened it is so important for you to read the word of God for yourself it's so important for you to sit with God and let him reveal things to you that is relevant for your life that is relevant for what he where he is taking you because I truly believe that the way that God has been working with me is that he'll give me words and later in my life I'll find that the words he's given me is tested And it's like he gave me the word prior to. And it's like, now I gave you that word. So your heart does not have to be hardened. You can soften your heart because I already gave you a word to soften your heart because I knew I was going to have to do this thing. And I knew that I would get resistance from you. But that's why I gave you a word to soften your heart so that you can actually obey me. 
But again, will you choose to obey? He says today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. That means to me that it is your choice. He's given you something for you to not have your heart hardened. But it is your choice. Will you harden it or not? I had a choice. And it's funny because if I were to apply to law school, it wouldn't look like faith. It would have looked like faith. They're like, oh, wow, look at Samantha has such great faith. She went from biomedical sciences from a pre-med track to a law school track or, or you know, um, a legal track. And she applied to law school. It would have looked like I was walking on faith. But the reality of it, it would have been I would have been in disobedience and I would not have had rest. But I had rest when I obeyed. And although it looked crazy to everybody else, I'm sure I, I was at peace. I was at peace when that stuff didn't even make no sense. It didn't make sense. I wasn't working, y'all. I had no job. Like, like what was I doing? Why, like, why would you not apply to law school? It didn't make sense. But yet I obeyed and I was at rest. So don't let nobody fool you. You know what God told you. And when you obey what he told you, that is faith. That is faith. It says the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, meaning that we hear God. We hear him and that fuels us to obey. But if our heart is hardened, we won't have faith. We'll have dead faith and not true faith. So the key here is not even, you know, hearing God, because sometimes, you know, and that's a whole nother episode about hearing God. But this episode really is about softening your heart. Hearing God and asking God to soften your heart. God, help me to soften my heart. I don't want to harden my heart when I hear you. And if you're the type of person that's like, okay, this God is this not. God is this God is this God. I mean, ask God for confirmation. That's okay. But also, do it. And you'll know if it's God or not. You'll know instantly because you'll have peace or you won't have peace. You'll be at rest or you won't be at rest. And then you'll be able to know, oh, okay, I won't do that again. Because trust me, on this journey, that's what I'm learning. There are times where I'm like, I just know. I feel like I'm not supposed to do this. I feel like God is saying no, but it could also be myself. And so I choose one. You got to make a choice at the end of the day. I make a decision. And based off my decision, I realize if I have rest or not. And now I know for future, okay, yeah, no, I heard God. You heard God, Samantha. That was God that was speaking to you. And so now I'm learning more about when I hear his voice. And and if it's something that's in me, last week we talked about these unconscious, I mean, these subconscious beliefs, right? There are some things that we've learned. There are some certain things that we value over the other, certain ideas that we have, certain philosophies. And some of these are going, it, it goes against the plan of God for our lives. It might have served us in one season, but in this season, it might not be serving you. It might be that thing that is literally hardening your heart. You think God would never tell you to quit your job because you don't feel like that, that, that don't make sense for God to do something like that. And yet he, be, he could be calling you to quit your job in this season. Or you believe that God wouldn't want me here. He wants me to quit my job. But actually he told you to stay. So all of this, sometimes what it, it challenges our beliefs about who we think he is and what he would tell us to do. Do not put God in a box. 
And that's what I've learned. Just because one person had a testimony and God moved for them in that way does not mean that I should register that's how God is. And that's it. He, he's not going to work outside of that. Sometimes I register those sorts of ideas about him in my brain. And if I hear anything contrary to that, I'm like, oh, no, that wouldn't be God because God would do this. But says who? Why would I put him in a box? And now I don't realize that this idea I have about him has hardened my heart. When considering a spouse, I think, you know, I have a conviction about this and I should look for this. But I hear other people that say, oh, no, that's too shallow. You're being shallow. And not to me, but to somebody else who may express that. And I'm picking up on what they're saying. And I'm like, oh, snap, is that shallow? Is that shallow? So now I think I'm being shallow. And now I'm not, you know, no longer expecting or or having that expectation of a, of a spouse or having that standard for a spouse and then I realized wait what no that is that didn't apply to me now I'm hardening in my heart about what God is trying to show me because I'm like God well I thought you don't want me to have a list and I am I supposed to have standards when it comes to a man because I thought I'm supposed to be open because what if I'm being too shallow like why are you hardening your heart that was never for you like take that out of your subconscious mind stop No, like, correct that belief. Let me help you correct that belief. Because what you didn't realize, these people were speaking from a place of religion. They did not have my mind. I'm giving you my mind about this for your life. They weren't talking from a kingdom perspective. They were speaking from a place of religion. They were speaking from a place of no relationship with me. Smith, you have a relationship with me. Hear my voice and do not harden your heart. Think big. I want you to think big because what I'm giving you is big. What I'm giving you is something that has not even entered um, the ears or minds of others. That's what I'm giving you. My thoughts are higher. That's what I'm trying to give you. Do not harden your hearts. And so I just pray that this encourages you to really take your time and spend with God and Ask God, man, God, like, have I been hardening my heart? Have you been speaking to me and I really been rejecting you? I've been saying it was myself. I've been saying it was the devil when it was really you talking to me. Ask these questions. We often say we don't, oh, God, don't speak to me. I don't hear God. I don't hear God like other people. And I remember saying that myself. I don't hear God like how people hear God. But I was hearing God this whole time. I was like, man, God, you were speaking to me this whole time. And I remember, but I really just thought it was me. (laughs) I thought we were so distant, but we really weren't. You were with me this whole time. You were in me this whole time. But my heart was hardened towards that. My heart was hardened towards you. And I don't want your hearts to be hardened. And so I just pray that these words are light to you. I pray that you will draw near to God because Jesus has given us access He has given us access to continually draw near to God. There should be nothing blocking you from drawing near to him. He is close. He is speaking. He cares about your life. He cares about your decisions. He cares about fulfilling his will for your life. He cares about doing the exceedingly and abundantly. He cares about it. He cares about you. But 
It requires faith. You can't have dead faith with God. It says when you come to him, you must believe that it, that it is him. You must believe that he is real. You must have faith. You must believe when Jesus will, when these people will come to him for a miracle. He says, do you have faith? Do you believe? It takes faith. And that means it takes hearing God and obeying. And anything that is stopping you from obeying God, it must come down. It must be corrected. It must be softened. Your heart must be softened. That is when you have true faith. When you have obeyed when he spoke. That is true faith. So God, I pray that after this episode, that they will seek you like they have never sought you before, that their hearts will be softened, that when they hear your voice, they will obey, and that they will live a life of true faith. I pray this in the authority of the name Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, you know, I love you so much, but Jesus loves you so, 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 so much more. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, and I will talk to you soon.